Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people all over the world. He thought it was over. Nah, we, we ain't no podcast beef. We ain't no we ain't no issues. You know what I'm saying? We brothers. You know what I'm saying? I am your co-host, B-Heard, a.k.a. Brian, a.k.a. Prince, a.k.a. Prince with you. Mm-hmm. Ha- hating. I'm passing to Damn my rusty. boy. It's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> my boy, my brother, my brethren. Tyler, you want to say something to the people? Hey, people, is your co-host Tyler the Libra, a.k.a. TTL, a.k.a. Libra Hendrix, and we are back with, I don't even know what episode this is. I don't even know where we uh, left off at, but. um, This is technically the big 5-0. 50 of them 50? things. 50 of them things. Damn. Should we call Brent real quick? I mean, <laughs> I, was I was like, I don't, uh, I don't have, no, I don't think I brought headphones, so unless you got two pairs of headphones. No, nah, I don't. Shout out to Brent. But, um, I guess, you know, it's a little series I started was the run back, and that series is going well, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, me and Tyler never had beef and no issues. It was just pretty much him moving, and then, like, me just wanted to do some FGC stuff. Um, if Tyler wanted to record, like, an episode or whatever, and did, like, some, maybe, like, some photography or model stuff, and you, like, sent me the footage, I would easily upload it on the channel, so, like, there's no ill will or nothing like that. That's if he wants to do it, though. And funny that I mentioned that. We're going to get into that in a while, in a second. But, Tyler, I've been through some shit lately, bro. Well, how, how are you doing? It's almost like I can't catch a fucking break. I can catch a split, but I can't catch a break. <laughs> What's been going on with you, brother? Um, Apart from a situation that happened yesterday, everything's been going pretty swell. I'm back into writing. I'm back into my own little groove as far as finding my peace finding enlightenment and being able to just be free. I've recently moved into the Sherman Hill area. I'm not telling y'all where it is, but I'm definitely in that area. And just being able to, it's the area that like I've always had close to my heart because my grandma and my dad literally was raised right over there on Oak Ridge. So it's always been the place that I would like, always stroll through with pops to come visit grandma and stuff like that. So it's always been a nice feeling, you know, walking around here and being able to live here now. It's kind of crazy. It's almost like the neighborhood that I've always wanted. So I enjoy that. And the moving has been pretty good. I would say as far as a developmental um, aesthetic of my apartment, I would say it matches more of what I'm into now and how I am now as a person as opposed to what I was. And it's it was very therapeutic for me to be able to do this with my living space and be able to create something that's been in my head for a while and be able to just, like, put into fruition and, you know, be able to come come in from work, be at peace, water my plants, um, pick up a book, listen to some vinyl. It's the best thing for you. At least for me, that is. I don't know about anybody else. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, your apartment is, like, aesthetically pleasant. Like, it's definitely a vibe. But my only thing is, like, not, I, don't, I know you always say you're, like, a big nigga, but, like, you're, you're not really big, but you're big. Like, you don't feel like that might be an issue? Because you got a lot of stuff, so I feel like it's kind of hard to move. Like, three is probably max... Capacity in here. Not saying you would have like a party or something like that, but you know what I'm saying? I feel like four or five people might be a tight squeeze. I don't want that many people up in here anyway. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> it like you know shit happens. Like 
I know, and we got guests, but you know what I'm saying like, and they guess sometimes we might have a guest, and then there's four people, right? Especially like I don't think like, it's that hard to move around here, especially the kitchen. I didn't. I, I when I first got in here, I looked at the kitchen and I looked at the at the living spot, and I was like, "Oh, this is it! Like I'll be able to work with this." Mm. I just knew. I guess it was it's um, architectural intellect. I guess. As far as that goes, I I guess it's also like just me looking at it. I'm kind of like I guess in my room right now. It's kind of the same situation, like where I just had stuff and like over the years. So I'm like looking at it like a damn like I kind of want to be more spacious now. But maybe that's what I'm just saying. Just thinking out loud. Um, I don't know. I like little space. I used to think that too. Like I I would want a lot more shit, but. Like, what comes with a lot more shit is um, more space, and I don't like a lot of clutter. Mm-hmm. So this doesn't feel like all this doesn't feel like clutter to me because like it's just I just make it what I can out of it. So no, I feel that I uh, yeah, I'm gonna have that decision soon. Uh, I don't know when, but sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. Hopefully this year. Um, I. That's the hardest thing is I know what area I want to live in, but I really don't know what to pick. Like, I, I don't know what stands out and, like, ooh, I want to live here. You know what I mean? Like, that's the hardest part that's been, like, looking. Because I've been looking lately at apartments. Do you want to be in the city or do you want to, like, move away from everybody? Because me, it was it was a no-brainer. I wanted to get back to the, into the city, but also I wanted to kind of be in a little world away from the city. And that's what Sherman Hill is, kind of, for me, at least. I guess, because I guess both. Like, I want to get away. So, like, I'm considering Ankeny and West Des Moines. But if I could find, maybe not Sherman, but something like it. Because basically, my thing is comfortability. Like, I ain't going to lie, it was a bitch to park. (laughs) Yeah, don't park over there, because you will virtually, literally, figuratively get towed up, snatched up within 10 minutes flat. God damn. I was thinking about it too for a second, but I ended up parking. I had a like, parallel park. I had parallel parks since like high school. That shit wasn't fun. But that's that's the only thing is like, I just like comfortability and then I like people like if I have guests and stuff because I, I, I want to be more sociable. Obviously, I don't want to just have anyone in my fucking crib because you can't trust people nowadays, but right. I want to <laughs> be more sociable and like have a nice spot that people could come kick it. Not saying willing, like Obviously, I know that they're coming through, but, um, yeah, I want to have that. So, I just want, like, something that people could come through, people could park, and it's not, like, a bitch or an issue. But, obviously, you got to just take stuff you got to take consideration. Then it's, like, money, too. And, like, that's kind of where I've been and, like, where I've been stressing because it's, like, I feel like I proved to myself and others that, like, I could grind hard, but now I need to grind smarter. And I right. feel like I'm not grinding smarter just because, like, my checks I'm getting now, it is the easiest job I had. And I could listen to, like, podcasts like this, so Rising Phoenix, our Rise Again podcast, and our The Minds podcast. Like, those are some few that I've been listening to. And then the, this is not a cult. Like, so I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm, like, learning more. I was able to listen to some, like, Brian Pillman podcasts. That shit's lit that I could do that while I'm working. 
Right. Like, making yeah. a nine to five. But money wise, like, bro, like, I don't think I'm making. I honestly don't think. I, so I get my pay stub tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to make $1,000 on this check. And I worked 40 plus hours. Actually, 81 for as far as two weeks. You might see a thousand. Like, you might see one zero zero one. <laughs> like, and then, bro, so when I saw that, I was just kind of like, what's the point? If I ain't even making up, I am saying, like, if I'm going to work two weeks and I'm going to be putting in 40 plus hours, like, I want to be well over a thousand dollars so I can stack. Like, that's how I've always had my mindset, my philosophy. And then, not to mention, I wanted to get off at a decent time so that way I could be more sociable with, like, whether it's, like, you and the squad or, like, my Xbox and Discord squad. And uh, Tyler Barnauer, uh, Discord is my Discord, so if you want to join Discord, do that. But, like, I want to be able to do all that stuff, but it's like, damn, now I don't get off to, like, 637. And my nigga, like, the whole point of me getting this job was so I could get off at a decent right, time. Yeah. So I just, that's where I'm kind of at, and I'm, like, kind of stressing because I'm, like, I'm doing all this grinding, working every day, 30 days straight, and I don't feel like I'm getting that gratification that I thought I was going to get. So now I'm, like, confused and I'm stressed out because it's, like, I still want to be able to get a car, still want to to do more podcasts, to get my own place, and I'm just like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> I feel like this shit's stupid, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. It's going to feel stupid for a while until you achieve it. And that's the thing is, like, I don't know if I will. Because another reason why is, like, so I'm barely making a 1000 now, right? It, my job is pretty much we deal with lawnmower parts, so blades and things of that nature. So we're actually probably funding Caleb's ass, actually, when I think about it. But the thing is, like, it's not going to be a busy market in the winter because you know we in the midwest we're in iowa and obviously iowa's bipolar weather that is going to start snowing sooner rather than later so i you know i'm saying i don't know what they're going to do for hours so that's that's what i'm really scared of and i just that's what's been on my mind lately because i've just been freaking out about that and i don't really know what to do so it probably just sound like rambling and probably like, oh, Get you well. a therapist <laughs> is what you need to do. You know, I feel like my therapist uh, right now is like my grandma. Like I try to visit her like once a week and like I feel like she gives me good wisdom and we talk a lot. And that shit just hit different. I don't know. I'm assuming that's probably your mom for you. No, it's my actual fucking therapist. <laughs> like you, you it, it, it's, it go, it doesn't go hand in hand. Talking to a family member and then an actual professional that knows feelings that can help you through your feelings, that can help you cope with your feelings, um, or uncertainty that you may have. There's a difference between that. I feel like, I feel like there's probably some truth to that. But I think it also depends on the family member you talk to. Like, my grandma show a lot of love. Like, I'll be talking to her about this, and, like, she seems so enthusiastic and asking questions and, like, caring. And Yeah, yeah. well, that's what she's supposed to do. Yeah. But, Therapist isn't supposed to give a fuck about you. <laughs> but I feel like they should care to some degree. You know how many therapists go through patients that, like probably like within weeks, months, and listen to the crazy shit that they have. 
Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you're supposed to, you should go into a therapist. Me personally, I feel like I should go into a therapy session feeling better than I came out. Whether that's not necessarily feeling better, like happy. But Sometimes like, you don't. But I feel like you would feel like, I guess progress would be the word. But you have to feel something, right? Getting your foot in the door, probably, yeah. But it takes literal months like I've been going. It is something, sometimes it takes months, years to actually, like, feel yourself that you have progress. But what I'm saying is, like, you don't go into, so say, like, you had a therapy session today, right? You wouldn't go into that therapy session feeling worse than you did coming out, would you? That's why you go every day or every week or so. Mm. Therapy is honestly, it's really just trial and error of what your mind is telling you that day. And you just so happen to be talking to somebody that is a professional that day. Mm. Honestly. Like there's so much emotions in the human body that we go through on an everyday basis that some is... Some you're going to understand, some you're unsure of, some you're just really not going to give a fuck about. So you want to be able to find those questions, I mean, find those answers to those uncertain questions that you have. And that's what I've been trying to do for months now. Hmm. Do you feel like... Because your mama ain't going to have those questions. Your grandma's not going to have them questions. I mean, those answers. I guess that might be true. Like, do you feel like you're answering those, on the way to answering those questions? What? you feel like you're answering those questions like by going to therapy and stuff like that? Yeah. That's Sometimes good. it's not always about the progress. It's about, well, that's the same shit. Almost about to say the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just strictly about the results, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause like my, I want to go to therapy, but I don't. I, I, I would almost. Because I'm trying to think of what I want to say. I guess you know, like those academic advisors. Yeah, I used to go to those a lot, and like they would help me kind of shape me into the right direction. So I guess I'm not saying like that's a therapist, but I would rather go to someone that could help me develop a game plan. You're going to counselors, not therapists. You're right. But that's, <laughs> I, I guess, well, that shit, that's probably what I need. I you probably guess. need a counselor. Yeah. Oh, that's what I would say. Because, but I mean, I don't know. I would love to talk to a therapist. But then uh, if I talk to a therapist, they might be like, damn, nigga, you're like crazy as fuck and depressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what they might tell you. And you got to be able to accept that. And you, you got to be able to say that there's a problem and you know that there's a problem and you're aware of it. Is there such a thing as being a high functional depression? Fuck yeah. That's what I'm doing every single goddamn day of my life. <laughs> what do you uh, mean? High functional? I'm ready, to, I'm ready for war every day and then I'm ready to cry in bed every day. <laughs> it's the best. It's, it's, kind of, it's a teeter-totter, but at the same time, it's good to have that balance. You know, it's good to have a, a balance of both, you know, worry, sadness, um, happy, excitement, 
all that shit kind of rolls in one. And honestly, I think that makes me the best person I could be. I feel like the older I got, the worse I got handling my emotions. See, can't be like that. You're supposed to have them shits down pat in control as you get older. I think it's just because I, I like my fuse gets shorter. Like I get annoyed more. Yeah, you do. I I've, I've been seeing that. <laughs> well, I like that for, I saw that from an early age. I don't think I was that bad when I was younger. Well, because you often and often roles. Even though I'm older, you play the big brother. You play a lot. You play big brother to a lot of niggas. <laughs> I ain't have a choice. Exactly. So, like, I would understand why your short, why your fuse is so short sometimes, and you have this kind of adult like persona, even though we are adults, you know, mm-hmm. at an early age. No, I mean, you kind so of like you don't facts. put up with shit, and like that's what you've been doing. That's what you're used to. That's why you're in that role so much. Me, I don't give a fuck. I just like I just like to have fun. I like to worry about me a lot. I also am a very caring person. I like to worry for others. And I like to go where the grass is greener in retrospect. I like to ease ease up, let my mind be peaceful and stuff like that. My mind is not really peaceful right now as we speak because, like, I'm kind of fading in and out a little bit. <laughs> I mean, if we got to pause it, we got to pause it. But- no, nah, that's fine. That's fine. I'm, I'm going to keep going for for the people. My thing, too, is, like, something that, like, just dawned on me is, like, kind of like that big brother role, that, like, mature, like, oh, I'm going to treat everybody with respect role. And that shit kind of for the birds if I keep it a bug old thousand with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, like, the, like that's why, I don't know, I kind of harped on you so much about just be like, man, just be free. Yeah, you know, just, just let go of some shit sometimes. Yeah, because it's like, like the more I look back at it, like I didn't, I got to where I'm at. I ain't gained nothing from it. Like I could have been. I bet you wasn't even happy with the process of it. I felt happy. I just didn't gain anything. Out. Like there could have been some aunties that could have got dicked down. There could have been some some girls that could have got dicked down. Some niggas definitely need to get beat up. Some of you niggas out here acting wild. And, like, I could have been doing that and just been wilding. But I was like, nah, like, I'm on this path of righteousness. And, like, to gain, I thought it was to to have a better mental state and, you know, be a better person. But it, I, people are showing me, like, yeah, nah, motherfuckers is out here. Girls are fucking. Dudes are bogus. What you want? (laughs) Yeah. And then I guess, like, because I, one thing that I've been, like, really regretting more so than lately is like I want so I'm a Scorpio for those of you who don't know. I, I wanted to hold around, but I wanted to hold around with someone that I would like fuck with. So like I might not date that person, but I'm only talking to that person. Like that's kinda how I've always kind of like been with situationships. And like me being that way didn't really gain anything from it because motherfuckers would still hold around regardless of you doing it or not. Like motherfuckers are not stopping. And like, I guess it was more of a, you just gotta be honest than a pure thing. Yeah. Cause I'm over here trying to like hold on to numbers and body counts like that shit matter, but it really don't. 
It doesn't. It, I guess it's more so if you're like safe and clean. And so like I've been living with a lot of regret with that. Aren't even that. <laughs> and that too. That's <laughs> and it's it's been more like that. And then just with like kicking it with people, like I don't know. I, I guess I'm always worried about something, so that's why I don't really relax. Like Oh that that goes to say I'm always worried about shit too, but at the same time I just I'm one of those people when it gets here I worry about it. You know, like I'm not, mm. I'm not racking my brain throughout the week worrying about what bill is due, you know, or like, what am I going to say on the podcast or whatever the case may be, you know? Cause I, I want it to be, I want it to be like, like my biggest gripe with like going out is not like the people that go away or like people, like people are going to get drunk, people are going to have a good time, people are going to do some wild shit. That's fine. My biggest thing is like. Going back to the situation I have. Like, I want to go back to a happy situation. Like, I want to celebrate happiness so I can go back and be happy. I don't want to celebrate happiness, have the time of my life, all this fun, and then go back to, like, next week. And I'm like, oh, I hate my life till Monday through Friday. Like, I never wanted to live for the weekend. And I felt like I can't do that. So that's why I always kind of like, you know, I'm going to chill. I'm not going to go out. (laughs) But that's, like, my mindset, I guess. Yeah. Fuck, I never live for a weekend. I live for every single fucking day of my life. Like, I will be, I'll be drunk tomorrow. You know? <laughs> but, you, well, know. you might want to wait till you get them staples out. <laughs> no, nah, what, what's crazy is, is that, like, as soon as, as soon as I got home, I obviously washed my hair and stuff like that because they told me to wash my hair. And that was a bitch. That was a bitch and a half to do. I with bet these that staples. was It was. I had to, I had to literally, like, Soft serve, like like my. I felt like I was like like a baby, like I was just like just rubbing my head, <laughs> like tender headed. But um, yeah, um, I took a couple of um Tylenol PMs and uh, then I grabbed some water and I was like, oh, I'm still not sleepy. So that's when I grabbed Old Faithful, you know, Jack, and took some swigs of that. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is this is the this is the sedative I I need. That's my night quill, you know? You know, I think actually alcohol is like terrible for you to go to sleep to. So the fact that your body just was like, yeah, nah, we're going to go to sleep is kind of impressive. <laughs> I don't know how that, that actually takes happened. years in dedication, uh, putting your body through the ringer. <laughs> you know, I got, you guys think that, you guys literally think that I don't have nine lives. I got about eight of them. You know, I'm, <laughs> you know I used up six, so I'm good for about two more. <laughs> I don't know if I can go until he can't go no more. I feel it, though. Uh, speaking of going until you can't go no more, I don't know what that was, but that was like a check-in. It's been a while. Episode 50. Y'all, y'all know what I do. Rate this shit five stars on Apple Podcasts. Um, Brian Pillman. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring is a documentary series. That's my dad. Uh, dark, I mean, you said shit. He's everybody's dad now after watching the documentary. Dark Side of the Ring is this Y'all show wasn't there. On, on Vice that... Um, that documents like wrestling tales and like the dark side of the business and things of the nature. So the season three started uh, a few weeks ago and they had Brian Pillman for a two part episode, which I loved. It made me, like I knew who Brian Pillman was. I knew of the uh, stole cone, got a gun angle, but I didn't really know a lot about Brian Pillman. And then dark side of the ring kind of filled me in on Brian Pillman. And 
Um, some things that I learned that I just didn't know from the documentary is how smart he was. It's pretty strategic to yeah. come up with that gimmick of the loose cannon. Whether Eric Bischoff, I think Eric Bischoff just don't want to take the L on that. How he's like, we came up with the loose cannon gimmick. Yeah, if he yeah, just so he just so he could bring him back and be more promotable and make more money long term. But it's like you still got finesse, right? So I'm like, oh, I, I wasn't buying that, Eric Bischoff, man. I kind of take him with a grain of salt with some of the shit he says, but he's also very, um, he's very also, you know, smart with how he moves too. So, I mean, that, that's the thing. If you want, if you want to take the L, you know, what I'm saying no one else is here. Strategical, like yeah. Brian Pillman's not here to tell whether you're wrong or not. So whatever, but. Just the fact that he came up with that character and the fact that he was able to use that character and convince everyone that he was fucking crazy is is remarkable. And I feel like you don't get characters like that now in WWE. And let's not act like he wasn't actually fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, well, well, shit, he was going crazy. If the like, I thought they painted Melanie in a good light too, because of uh, of how they could have dragged her. They could have dragged her something crucial. Because all the one bogus, of her da- well, not one of her daughters, but like one of Brian's daughters did. Well, yeah, but that's also because Brian's daughter like had that relationship where she made them say that his mom, her mom, was kidnapping. Her. I think she handled it though. She handled it how a stepmom should, you know. No, we well, can't. not how a stepmom should, but like the best way in that situation, I guess. You can't say that to a mom though. Well, yeah, like that'd be like if you like say. Like your wife or like your former wife had a dude and the dude was saying that you were trying to kidnap the kid. I was put my bare hands on that nigga. Like you ain't going to say I'm kidnapping my son if I want to see right. my son or get a hug from my son. Right. Yeah. And not to mention, she already lost the custody battle. So she was barely seeing her as it is. So she was a weekend mom. And then you tell that, and then they got, I think she got in more trouble. And the fact that she called her mom and killed herself on the phone with her mom. Yeah. Like, Melanie, and I think, I don't want to put that energy on someone, but, like, what uh, the daughter was saying, I can't remember, I think her name was Brittany. What Brittany was saying was, like, she's just reaping what she sold now. Like, she lived a longer life than what she was expected, and now she's... That's such a crazy, obscure thing to say, you know? It is, but... I, but you can't help how people feel. Yeah, I mean... Especially how she felt in that light, I guess. Because think about it, if you... Because it seemed like Melanie had the perfect life, almost. Yeah, model. Because I think that's what Brian found out about her, just through a magazine. And it's like... Speaking of, like, yo... I think the power of your mind is kind of real. Because the fact that Brian Pillman was like, saw her in a magazine, was like, Yo, I want that. <laughs> like, I want that. Right. And got her. It was kind of nuts. But at the same time, you gotta like, have some pools too. Man, man, that nigga let's said, not, Let's not I want like that. he was just a regular Joe, though. <laughs> it's not like you would know. I don't think some wrestlers you wouldn't really know off frame one. Some of them have that personality too. But where was I going with this? Yeah, it's just, like, that power of speaking things into existence. And I feel like Melanie, like, she she pretty much just, not, I don't want to say overstated welcome, but, like, she just was wilding. Like, she didn't handle a lot of situations very well. Like, to take a kid from their mother 
And then to remarry, but then remarry someone that treats your son like shit. Right. And Brian Pillman Jr., I thought he looked amazing in this episode. Uh, he did damn good. I actually became a fan of him, and I hope he makes it. I think he's actually on a – he's on AEW, and I think his tag team is called the Varsity Blondes. So that's a nice That's crazy. Homage. That's a little – that's a nice little tribute. Mm-hmm. I see him doing, like, the rolling camera like thing like Brian used to do. Yep. And Steve, stunning Steve Austin. Which is uh, dope, too. Like, Brian Pillman looked good. And then he said something on that that, like, fucked with me. It really, really fucked with me. He said, you know, I didn't have someone to play catch with. That is something you don't think about, but then, like, when you think about it, you're like, damn. Right. Like, imagine not having, like, your dad to play catch with. Like, that would that kind of fucked me up. Especially since I, like, grew up playing football and and just, like, baseball and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, I learned to throw it to myself. That's actually how I got a good arm because I would throw it and just run and catch it. But before, like, my dad would be there. So, like, the fact that he didn't have a dad was crazy. And then shout-out to Linda. Linda held it down. Yeah. She she was the real MVP. Uh, the fact that Brian's she like, that's where Brian would go when uh, – like, he was going through it, and she kept all his kids together, and she did all these things, and, like, Linda was Linda was shit, to be honest with you. Um, That accident, though. That's what did. That's what tore it up. That accident is, like, really what fucked everything up. Big-ass Hummer, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I guess that was a good point that Dave Metzler uh, met or made because he was like, Brian's always going up to him like, I got to save money, I got to save money, I got to save money, I got to pay these kids, I got to pay these kids, da, 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 da. I got kids. And then this nigga buys an $80,000 home. <laughs> I was just like, I mean, shit, his money, he needs it now. <laughs> and the fact that the doctors were like, yo, bro, you're only here because you didn't wear a seatbelt. Like, nigga, what? That has to be, like, one of the few instances in life where you're not wearing a seatbelt saved your life. That don't even make right, sense. Like, shit. I wish the fuck I would not wear a seatbelt in lead. <laughs> Is there anything that you learned from that documentary that um, came as a surprise? Because I know you were a Brian Pillman fan before. Um, well, I already watched the Brian Pillman loose can in the WWE edition, like a good handful of times. So like, there wasn't anything that really surprised me as far as like his character goes and him as a person. I like how they just got more in depth with it than WWE. Cause I feel like WWE, when a situation like that occurs with how a wrestler died, especially if they were kind of a they were kind of troublesome, I guess, or like a problematic wrestler. They kind of like, they kind of hint, they kind of like move shit left and right to make sure that you see like one perspective of them. But then like, as far as like, I think vice, they move all them shits back in the middle and say, no, you seeing all this. So like, that was one thing that like I enjoyed about the vice documentary of Brian Pillman and fuck. The crazy thing about it is that, like, he honestly, I could, if you would have get given him like a couple more years, he honestly, I wouldn't say he would be a top card, but he would honestly probably have been 
Intercontinental Champion, or at least European at that time. Because they were going right directly into the Attitude Era. I mean, to be fair, you would think he's... You would argue that he's one of the forefronts. And on top of that, think about who he was feuding with. He was feuding with Stone Cold. Stone Cold was one Stone of the Cold, top, like, top. dust. So, like, yeah, maybe that gold dust feud wasn't that big. But say if he had a healthy angle and ankle and could wrestle Stone Cold, we could have easily seen Brian Pillman versus Stone Cold at a big pay-per-view, like a major thing, if he could right. wrestle. Yeah. It's just he couldn't wrestle. And then he – I thought it was interesting that he didn't see value in commentary. Which is kind of like a dig at me, and like I love commentary and I love that aspect. Right. But I get why he had that mindset too, because it's like if they're gonna pay him like four hundred thousand dollars, that he would want to earn his keep because he's like he's a wrestler. He got hired as a wrestler, so right. he wants to wrestle. So maybe also maybe it could have been like one of those things where he just hated his voice because he had the raspy voice and yeah, how many fucking surgeries Fuck. he had is. Forty thousand or forty surgeries? It's like forty, somewhere between thirty-five and forty surgeries on just his, his throat, like throat alone. Oh my god! I won't even. I couldn't even imagine getting one, let alone forty. Yeah, fuck that. I know. What's sad too is like Brian. Uh, I guess you have to go through things to make it to to make progress. But damn, he would have throw thrived so crazy in like wrestling now. He's maybe like, not so. maybe not in the social media era, but like early like say oh six to to twenty ten type thing where you're still kind of a main wrestler, you don't really have to tweet or anything like that. Like right. social media wasn't what it was now. To where he could just be a, a character and like his size didn't matter. Cause like I think twenty six or not twenty six, oh six was like when Rey Mysterio won I think the Warrior Rumble? And, like, he was getting that push, and he got that title. And I think yeah. that was for Eddie Guerrero. And, like, they were starting to push smaller guys. Daniel Bryan is another one. Like, Brian Pillman. And that's crazy, too, because he wasn't even that small. Like, he was still, like. He was good. He was good 5'11", 6 foot. Yeah. But, like, big as fuck. And, like, well, roids were a thing, too. But still. Right. Like, um, is there anything? Kim Wood was hilarious. That's <laughs> coach. That nigga was wild. What do you do when you get a hooker? You fuck him. You fuck him. <laughs> that was great. That's such a wild, obscure thing to say. <laughs> that man was wild. And I always enjoy Jim Cornette every time I see him because that man is an encyclopedia on wrestling. That man knows the ins and outs. He knows kayfabe. He knows all that stuff. He knows backstage shit, upfront shit. I just one of the, like, Jim Cornette. You don't I, fuck with Jim Cornette? All right, cool. I like him, <laughs> but... He's definitely one of those guys that's like, oh, you're, you're you. Like, I don't, I don't think Jim Cornette could have a sad day. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's one of those personalities where, like, nope, this is what you get always. Right? Yeah. Because he, uh, the Nick Gage episode was the next episode, and I actually watched it and I enjoyed it. Uh, that was a guy that wrestled David Arquette that like almost killed our name. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that's the funniest shit because David Arquette is getting sometimes he's one of these next episodes he's getting. His own episode. No, he's... That was the episode. Oh, that was the episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was on that episode because he wrestled the nigga. And he didn't know who Nick Cage was. Or Nick Gage. Sorry. If I said Cage. He didn't know who he was. So he was like, Deathmatch Wrestling? I'll wrestle him. And then Nick was like, Nah, nigga. You're going to get fucked up. Like, this is not... <laughs> this ain't no kitty cutter shit. Like, you're going to bleed. And he's like, Ah, just don't cut me, bro. Nick was like, Alright, fam. You finna get cut. And like... <laughs> 
Dave Arquette has this. Like, I want to watch this documentary that you can't kill uh, David Arquette. Uh, he, uh, he on his documentary, he's pretty he's much a decent actor too. By the way, he's he's going on this redemption arc because he feels like, especially someone like you being a WCW fan, he feels like uh, that. That like WWE, WCW fans and wrestling fans in general just hate his ass because he won the title. That man was literally WCW champion for two weeks. He was WCW champ for two weeks, and then they for took, no apparent reason. For no apparent reason. Matter of fact, he didn't like the original champ because it was a tag team match, and he pinned Eric Bischoff. So he didn't even pinned the wrestlers, but somehow he got the belt, and like. Niggas, and even David Arquette was for saying for no philosophical reason, like. But even David Arquette was saying, like during this, he's like, "Y'all niggas, sure you want to put the belt on me?" <laughs> like, yeah, bro, it's fine. He's like, "Okay," and that nigga wanted niggas got to cussing him out and all types of shit. Like that's <laughs> funny. I I might go watch that when I get home. I might just watch the David Arquette documentary just to see. But yeah, he he trained and he, he wrestled Nick Gage and uh, almost died. And that shit was nuts. That ain't no figuratively shit. Like he almost like was like damn Guys, near parallel. Like, yeah. yeah. And what's funny too is uh so to film that documentary, they actually talked about it on Dark Side of the Ring, because they gave obviously Nick Gage wrestled him, so they gave his side of the story. And so, you know, uh David Arquette is like, yo, I'm filming this documentary. Uh I want to use that match footage. And then Nick Gage is like, nah, bro, like, I'm a wrestler, so you're going to pay me if you're going to use my footage. And so David Arquette was like, well, it's a documentary, and the type of documentary we're shooting is, like, we can't pay you for that. Like, I don't think they had a budget. I don't know what type of documentary. And then <laughs> he was just like, what if we send you a mattress? And Nick was like, what? And sure enough, David Arquette sends Nick Gage a mattress. And I guess his whole philosophy is because he thought it was funny. He was like, oh, death match king and dangerous matches and all this stuff. And I give him a mattress. Ha, ha, ha. And I was like, yeah, David Arquette. You can tell he's a wrestling fan, but he's definitely weird. <laughs> he's definitely a unique individual. Uh, he might be cinematically crazy for that whole push. Like, yeah. For being able to go along with that whole push, too. Like, it's just. So do you respect him for trying to wrestle? Yeah. After the WCW thing? Yeah. Yeah, I respect him because it's hard, but just make sure if you do your Googles. <laughs> so to quote Star real quick, do your Googles. Don't don't be wrestling Nick Gage, the nigga that <laughs> almost died deathmatch wrestling, and then you're gonna do a deathmatch with Nick Gage. Please do your Googles, David Arquette. Don't just don't don't wrestle anyone, nigga. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Um I wanted to get your thoughts and opinions on this. The Joe Button thing. And the Joe Button podcast fiasco. And actually I have a I literally question. what what comes to mind is what I literally just put in text messages catatonic is what it was. Did you watch both responses? Like Joe's response and then Maul and Roy's response? Uh yeah. I saw Maul and Roy's. I didn't get to see Joe's. So I bought the Patreon because, like I said, I, at my podcast, I, at my job, I can listen to podcasts and audio and stuff with headphones. So I was just like, I'm listening to this shit. But I think the crazy thing about it is that, like, 
as far I get where Joe's coming from because it's his like he literally funded all of this like his his it's his podcast like he funded everything he's he's built endeavored into this like I think Maul I think Rory and Maul was like on like I think he first it was Rory then it was Maul that came on the show on the podcast. I think he was like episode mm-hmm. four or something like that. Rory was. And then Maul didn't come, come in until like episode 66 or some, some crazy shit like that. It was like a while back ago, mm-hmm. but you know, if it's just over like, like who, whose name is just on the, at first it just started off. Whose name is on the marquee, like Joe button podcast, you know, like just like that. Right. I don't have a problem with it. Like, if it's my podcast, if I'm funding the entire thing, it shouldn't matter whose name was on it or not, like, except for mine, you know? hmm I, uh... So, I've been going back and forth. Because, like, I, at first I was on Joe's side a thousand percent, but obviously it was because he was the first one to say something. And man is psycho. He is. He, he's, he's definitely a dickhead. He's definitely a dickhead. Like, I'm not arguing that. So, when I was watching it, Joe made valuable points because, obviously, like, some of the shit he was talking about, some of the shit he's been doing is, like, I had to do with this podcast. It's not saying, like, there's a beef between me and Tyler, but just, like, I got it from that perspective. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so, he's saying that they're contracted. And then Roy and Maul are saying that they're not. And their contract is percentage-based. So if their contract is percentage-based, then they need to, like, know the numbers. Which, if that's the case, if what they're saying is true, I understand that completely. So that's why I'm not mad at them for looking at the numbers. But when it comes to those numbers, what I think happened and what I think is the situation is, like, I I love the, like, I'm a fan of Joe Bunn. And... I would hope and pray that it's more of a has a person or has a creator. You want to go into that real quick or no? I guess a creator. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's kind of does some shitty things as a person, but I, I'm trying to get older. I'm trying to understand that you can't judge everybody because everybody makes mistakes. I think we should cancel some people that like what they do in they like personal life is who they are. And that's the only reason why I believe in council culture, but not everybody makes mistakes. So, like, if, if someone's trying to redeem themselves, I'm not mad at it. But what I think happened was he knew exactly what the budget was and, like, what he could get as in money, but he doesn't have everybody on the same contract. So if Roy and Maul are on a percentage-based contract and they're making more money on the podcast, they're going to get money, more money theoretically. Right, but if everyone else like Parks and, and like Savon and all those dudes, if they're on an actual contract, that hinders the money that you make. Right. So like that can get complicated because it's like if you budget it out to where, all right, everything I'm spending on the podcast is a hundred thousand. Well, if podcast is booming and Roy and Maul make more money, now that's coming out your money that you could potentially have for a Savon or for. A, or for a parks or things of that nature. And then not to mention, yeah, you're bringing in more money with this Patreon deal and maybe this Cash App deal, but then that means you're producing more content. 
and maybe he kind of went overboard with the budget as far as content goes. Because he Joe Button was doing a lot. The pull ups were great that I've watched. I love those pull ups, uh, but they cost money because obviously he's traveling to these people's studios and interviews and all this shit. Then the Patreon deal, if you're shooting an exclusive Patreon episode, that's another episode. So you got to pay Parks for his studio time, the audio, the mixing, and the camera crew, and the edits, of the all this stuff. Like, from someone that's done something like that, it's a lot. And I feel like whatever Maul and Roy agreed on, they do deserve because they enhanced the podcast. But it is Joe's podcast. And that's sorry where I kind of, like, stop. looking back on it, both sides, I agree with both sides. I hope they could come to a better understanding because I think it's better for the ecosystem if we have the Joe Bunn podcast. <laughs> but, like, um, it, it, I feel like Roy and Maul should get paid what they deserve. But I guess if they're not un- under contract where it's a set number and a salary, then, yeah, I guess you got to – you got to give him more money. But I guess this is how Joe went about things. Because right. he was telling them, like, oh, if you don't believe me, then audit me. And I was like, well, you don't want to audit your you. friend. Like, you don't, like, business. Like, say this podcast blows up. Tyler will be good. Uh, regardless of what we make, I, I might take a little bit more now just because I'm going to try to do more. And I'm if I'm being honest with you, like, on the podcast, but that'd be because it'd be more incentives of like paying shit off if we need like a lawyer or something like that. I want to get an LLC so if we can make some money, they can sue the LLC of the Tyler Bryan Hour thing and not us individually. But uh, Tyler would be good. Like if we if we made five thousand, I would give Tyler two thousand. Like if you wanted to quit your job and only do the podcast, I would make sure Tyler's compensated. But that's how my mindset works. But it's just like yeah, how Joe went about things, and then also not to mention. Uh, so there was four hundred thousand dollars missing. That was the most crazy part, though. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know how you get four hundred thousand. I ain't missing no four thousand dollars. Are you? Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred thousand dollars. That's that shit's not going unnoticed, bro. That's enough to change all of our lives, like everyone in the squad. So the, I, you know, they have a they have a right to be like, uh, how are you the accountant? And you miss $400,000. And everybody's in agreement. And it's like, uh, what the fuck? Like, I would want right. to figure that shit out, too. But, and then Joe's point of, like, where Rory was asking about the YouTube and stuff like that. I I don't doubt him because they already started on a solid base platform. Like, granted, the Joe Button podcast probably blew up the YouTube channel crazy. But Joe Button was established music musician on that platform so like he had a, like his youtube had a, a kickstart where he had like a hundred thousand people or whatever many subscribers of that now it's it's at the millions now because obviously the podcast right yeah but that is his so I, I don't blame him for wanting to hold on to that and then i don't really blame but him he can't fuck he can't be fucking it up like he's been doing that's true that's true when also you look at joe button's past man talk about you it. could go from you go from the early days of Def Jam to Shady Records. Then you go from Complex, which is literally just a few years ago, to Spotify. He has literally fucked up, single-handedly fucked up and destroyed every single relationships with those multi-million dollar businesses 
So you gotta you gotta say you gotta look at it like what what the fuck next? Like what what more can you be detrimental to yourself too? You know, like the podcast was literally just like the next thing on his fuck up list. But then what's also insane and kind of wild is like the fact that this man just just this man violates <laughs> violates a lot of people. This nigga has been unhinged for a while now. But no, what I was going to say, too, was, like, the fact that he kind of, for someone that fucks up a lot of stuff, he be, he be, he he, he be figuring it out. (laughs) Like, he also figures it out. Like, the fact that he can fuck up and then figure that shit out and, like, make something new is kind of insane. I have to admit his recovery skills are top tier. I'm not gonna lie, because like he'll be out of something for a minute, and then then all of a sudden you see Joe Budden has something else going. I'm like, damn, wasn't he just? That's what I'm saying. Like that's why he does I like have very good recovery skills. I give him that. That's why I was fucking up what I was trying to say because I'm like, damn, bro. Like as much shit as you said, he fucked up. Imagine the the shit he got. Like he had complex. He made complex one of the biggest shows that it ever was. Him and Ak had great chemistry with Nadeska. Um, the Joe Budden podcast. He made that. He got shit sick work. of act. He got sick of act. Let's just put it right there and solid. He did not. I think he, he got sick of complex. Some of the stuff that Joe be saying, I, I don't disagree with. Like I would be tight too if you paid me Monday through Thursday, but then you want me on Friday. Nah, nigga, pay me for Friday too. Right? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And then that's when they're like, Nah, we don't want to pay you. And then I think I, Joe likes to. He likes to have a lot of things his way. And when a person that likes to have a lot of things their way, they their judgment of everything else gets a little cloudy. Consideration of everything else gets a little cloudy. Yeah. I as someone that's kinda like that, I just learned that like I you gotta keep it moving. Cause like even if even if it's like 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 with this, the, like the show must go on, and I get that mindset. Or like maybe when they was talking about the shares of the ownership of the podcast, I can kind of see why he didn't want to double down on that. Because all right, well, if I double down on that, and then Roy and Maul do what they did, where they just stop podcasting for two or six weeks, if they tell like the other people that Joe hired for the podcast. Like, he said he had, like, 30 people on staff, which I don't know what the fuck you need 30 people right? for. I, all I can think of is, What's like... What's everybody's position with 30 people? That's what I'm saying. To figure I, out. I, I can figure out, like, the editor, and then Parks is obviously the sound guy, and then maybe a social media guy. I, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't know if I could get to 10, but still, like... Engineer. <laughs> but that'd be Parks. Yeah. But, like, so if you stopped doing the podcast for, like six weeks or whatever, and you're paying out of pocket and say it's all split three ways between Roy, Maul, and Joe, I would be feeling some type of way if I'm Joe. Like, hey, nigga, I'm paying for all this shit. And all this money. Hell no. Nah. We ain't stopping. So maybe that's where he's came from. I, I don't know. But Roy and Maul have teased that they're going to do something, but I think by contract, like what Joe was saying is they're under contract for a year, so they can't technically do a podcast. So they might find a loophole and I hope that Venmo shit is not the loophole because I don't know if I want to pay $2 for every episode. 
Right. I mean, to be fair, I didn't pay for it because I was going to pay for it because I wanted to listen. I wanted to figure out what was going on. Then everybody and their mama upload that shit to YouTube. I was like, all right. <laughs> I don't mean to bootleg it, but I want to know. I bet that shit went viral and it went crazy. Um, so, yeah. So, what do you think? You want them to get back together or? If Joe burns this bridge, which is looking like that, what he wants to do. I'm just gonna have to go with it. I don't want to see. I don't. I, I want to see Rory and Mal kind of branch off and do their own thing. Because honestly, I think it was time. Mm. Um, I I guess it just depends. Because like, I would want to see who Rory and Maul get on there, and I want to see how that would go. Uh Joe. I think Joe could be fine if he has guests on there and he does like pull ups and like. I feel like Joe could be fine. I don't think Joe's going to ever have what he had. Like, that run is going to be his greatest run, if I'm calling right, it now. Because yeah. uh, they just had chemistry, and it just worked. Especially if you, like, it's one thing, like, I feel like we got good chemistry. And it's it's one thing to have a duo with good chemistry, but, like, a trio. Like, who do you think, like, just, just to shoot the shit for, like, five minutes. Who do you think would be a good third for us? Anna, we need a female. Think so? Shout out to Anna. Anna could be good. I guess I didn't think about the female perspective. I was thinking more of a male, but I'm not. I'm mad at that because we need a kind of a mediator or uh, like a somebody that's in between us, like how Jenny Taff is with Skip and Shannon. All right, so who skipped it? Of course, you want to be Shannon, so I'll be Skip. <laughs> See, like, all right, as long as <laughs> like everybody wants to be Gene Simmons, but not Paul or Ace. <laughs> oh, shit. You want to be John Lennon, but nobody wants to be Paul or George or Ringo. Mm. Oh, I mean, shit, somebody gotta play the role, I guess. Uh, skip, <laughs> that's fun. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind, Anna. If if we could get the bag, subscribe to the Patreon, rate the shit five stars on Apple Podcasts. But if we could get the bag, I would hire a third, maybe. Or honorary third. Honorary third, yeah. I wouldn't mind an honorary third. Um, so last but not least, uh, what do you think of this Cole album? I think it is a mixture of old and new. And it is a very, it is a very strategic and well put together album that... Mr. Jermaine Cole put on us. He did have some of the greatest rollout ever. Like, to drop your album and then play a game that weekend is kind of nuts. Like, that's some unseen shit. I've never in my life seen fucking... Uh, Ma- Master P wasn't even doing that. Like he, Yeah, Master P was in preseason. That man, <laughs> that man, that man said, all right, I'm going to drop this album. No limit on the map. You didn't see that man. He took a break. Like, he... He ain't like, all right, I'm going to play this Hornets game in the weekend. Could you imagine, like, someone in, like, rock dropping an album? Like, all right, I'm going to play for the Braves or something next week and just try to see if I can hit this home run. Like, that's nuts when you think about it. Like, that's insane. Uh, hey, I thought the production and mixing was great. I thought the bars were cool. Everybody's kind of, like, going insane over the bars right now. They are. Uh, I'm just happy that it had features. 
Like, I know the the gimmick, the meme has been J. Cole went double platinum with no features, but I I still like 21 Savage's verse on there. I, I like, did like that. I like Little Babies on there. I think Boss is on there twice. Uh, the songs were sounding good. I guess the only thing with me is like... Would you have wanted more Dreamville? Would you want Lou? Would you have wanted... Uh, I wouldn't be mad at it. I was I was hoping for some loot. I'm not gonna lie. I was hoping for some cause. I was hoping for some Kendrick, to be honest. Like a little teaser oh, or something. Just, 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 <laughs> I, I want it. I I can't help the fact that I want it. I want I want it. So I just I would have hoped for that. Um it's short though. Twelve songs go by quick. I, I this is it's very- most of them twelve songs. Like they're like they'll like how it was put together, it will be like two minutes, two minutes. Four minutes, two minutes, three minutes, four minutes, and then two minutes again. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's honestly, that's I, I like when like I like when there's like twelve songs like that, and like they can't be literally like I hate five six minute songs. I really do, honestly. As long as they're not drawn out, like if it's a good because some five minutes, six minute songs. Are if you drawn got out. a good begin, because to every song there's a there's a. Like a beginning, a middle, and an end. As long as the mil- as long as you're good on the beginning and the end, you can say what well, you get. the mill can just kind of be whatever. Mm. Honestly, yeah, that's true. Um, I uh, yeah, because I end up listening. I finished the whole album on my way to work that Friday, and then I listened to it again while I was working, and then I finished it before my first break. Like I finished that album twice already. I think I've listened to it fully like three times now. It was like a whole playthrough while I was at the gym Saturday. So that's why I was just like sitting there like, damn, like, is it? <laughs> I'm already done with this? And like, that that was like my thing was like how fast I finished it. Um, uh, is this a good enough album to close out though? Close out what? J. Cole was talking about retiring. No. Mm. Where would you rank this album? I would rank this before. I would rank this ahead of For Your Eyes Only. Oh. I would rank this before For Your Eyes Only. And it would be behind. It would be behind Born Center. Is that your favorite J. Cole project? Born Center? Yeah, probably. Born Forest Hill Drive was all right. Actually, I because that was the first taste of like kind of new coal, a more sed- I call it sedative coal, like because like a slow. Because <laughs> so I'm looking at, I want to look at his discography right now, and the way I'm looking at it, so you got Cold World, Sideline Story, which had Can't Get Enough, Lights Please, Mister Nice Watch, In the Morning. Nobody's perfect. That, that's a solid slept on workout. That's that's, that's an underrated album. Or that was a school album, and why my school album was we were bumping <laughs> that throughout, like in between classes, in between gym. I remember when that album came out. I couldn't fuck. I couldn't focus on a pen and paper. You know, <laughs> you know, kind of not lying. Oh shit! Born Center had Illuminati. Uh, Land of the Snakes, Power Trip, Mo Money, Trouble, uh, Rich Niggas, Forbidden Fruit, Chaining Day, ain't that some Born shit? Born Center literally has some hammers. Like they, 
That's a certified solid gold piece album to me. You know what? That might be my favorite J. Cole. Like, the war, I look at this track list. Forest Hills Drives, January 28th is really good. Adolescence 03 is good. Tales of Two Cities, Fire Squad. Get off my dick, no role models, wet dreams. I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if you you said your favorite J. Cole albums are Forest Hill Drive and Born Center. And the fact that that nigga went back to back, that's kinda that's why I think that meme came because I think killed it. Before your eyes only. I like it a lot. But I think when I, I the reason I like it a lot too is cause like when I first heard that album, I was playing one of those like He went back to back. Chronologically, both albums, one says 13 and one says 14. 14. Yeah. Born Center. But I think they were like within like like the like of year like span, I guess. Well, actually, does it doesn't give me the date. So, yeah. Like I, a roll-on year, you know? So it was like a year and some change because uh, this came out 2014. Forest Hill Drive came out 2014, December 9th. And then Born Center came out May or June 18th. Excuse me. Only reason I remember it. Was, so it's not really kind of even like a full year. Well, is it? It's a year it's and a some year months. Some change, yeah. So it'd be a year and like five months. Right. So which is impressive when you think of the timeline of like how those albums came out, especially to go back to back. That was like if those are his two best albums. The fact that he went back to back was kind of nuts. What I was going to say, though, is Born Center came out that same day that Kanye West came out. And then Wale came out that week after. Yeah. I remember that week so vividly because I'm like, yo. But then. That was a busy week for music. That was a busy week, man. So, I know Phoenix. Shout out to Phoenix. I know he likes uh, Yeezus, but I feel like. Yeezus is solid. If Yeezus was better, I don't feel like J. Cole blows up like he does. Because think about it, Jesus and Jesus and Born Center. It was also a new Kanye. That's what I'm saying. Because if we were talking about. But Jesus and Born Center came out on the same day. So Born Center sounded like something that we would want from Kanye. Where Kanye was doing some new off the wall shit. And we were like, I don't know how we feel about this. So it didn't really marinate. And then. Like, Born Center blew up because, you know, you, you dropped the same day as Kanye. So, like, at the time, I want to say 2013, people were still buying CDs. Right. So, it was like, you had to choose. Like, all right, do I buy this J. Cole Born Center or do I buy this Yeezus? That's a tough choice. Even looking back on it, it's a tough choice. I mean, I probably... If that, I was also, that was also a Drake year, too, because he came out when nothing was the same. But I don't think that was around that time frame. It was like, I know it was around September 13. Yeah, so that was like in the summer. Oh, yeah. That was like in the fall. But I feel bad for Wale, though, because that nigga dropped a week after. I still bumped that Wale. That Wale was I good, did. though. Yeah, it was. Nobody was paying attention. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that nigga picked his date and probably like, ah, J. Cole and Kanye West coming out. If he could before. probably go back, he would have. I bet he would have pushed it. Like, at least, he would have pushed it. Like, at least two weeks. Like, right, I need niggas to get their paycheck before <laughs> they try to get my shit. But uh, how would I rank it? Ugh. I don't know. Because, like, I like For Your Eyes Only. But, damn, that really might be last. Because Sideline Story, I like a lot. Born Center for his. I think, it, I think it's Born Center for his drive for me. I think it goes KOD. 
I figure it goes sideline story. But I guess it has to go off season. The fact that he had Cameron on there, but Cameron didn't rap, I was pissed. Yeah, I I was hoping for a bar. A bar just four bars. They give me something light. Give me a Kit Kat. <laughs> like well, maybe not a whole sixteen, but like dog. That's all a nigga was asking for. Cause it's like you heard Cam and I'm like, hey, nigga, this ain't killer Cam, is it? That was, was like, oh. killer Cam though. I was like, damn. Is he about to rap? I would have thought he was at least gonna get on the end of the song. Uh, something, yeah. I, I hope there's like a remix version. Cause I guess oh, he'll probably drop a deluxe. That deluxe might be crazy. Hopefully he drops a deluxe. I keep thinking uh, and at the time I was like, damn. Cam really fuck with fuck with J Cole like that, but I got I got I got to keep remembering. You got to keep remembering the Rockefeller family tree. That bitch spans. Mm. That bitch expands. You talk when you talk about Rockefeller, you talk about Dame, and then it spans off to Dame to Kanye, and then from Kanye it goes Cole. Well, actually, it goes Jay Z, Jay Z, and then you got Cam, then you got fucking Dipset. Yeah, then it spans all from Dipset to Jim Jones, like, and then you got Beanie Sink, like. That shit really is like a family tree. That shit is literally a navy, <laughs> like the arm, like, like the army, like that's crazy. I think uh, I've never seen a family tree bigger as far as like music production. Maybe I don't know, maybe OVO, but OVO hasn't really been in. No, because who does OVO have? OVO still has Party Next Door. They still got Madrid Jordan. They still got. Oh, they might be killing it. Hold on. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know they had Madrid. Who else do they have? Fuck. That's what I was thinking. Because, like, only uh, OVO signings I know of was, like, obviously Drake. And Rockefeller spawned off Rihanna, too. Yeah. Well, that's. They I got ties, bro. I'm I think you. that's what somebody was trying to argue was, like, who. Who had the bigger influence? Because I think it had Jay Z. Well, he, if you want to go Young Money. Well, hold on. He he. Had, they had the bigger influence, and it was between Jay Z, who had Kanye and Rihanna, and then it was Lil Wayne, who had Drake and Nicki. Really, if you want to go into it, if you want to go deep into that that Young Money, you got you got to expand. I swear to God, if you say Lil Twist, I'm <laughs> well, no, you actually got to go back to Cash Money. And then it spirals to Young Money. Damn, Berman suck as a manager too. Yeah, because he only had Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne ended up doing more with Cash Money than or Young Money than he did with Cash Money. Yeah, Junior. I guess, I guess Berman's doing better now because he got he had like Rich Homie for a while, but Rich Homie didn't do shit, and then he had Young Thug, and Young Thug's killing it now. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, I mean, I know you don't really like fuck with hip hop like that. I just really want to talk about the J Cole thing. But if you like, if you had a label, like if you was a part of Dreamville, who would you sign? Because like that's what I'm thinking about now. Is like how how do you know who to sign? But I guess that's what makes music music because like you want to work with like minded people and people that know you. But yeah, if you was a label, like if I was, I feel like I'm I would making have to, a trade. <laughs> okay, who are you gonna trade for? Isaiah Rashard. I, but here's the, here's the thing, because you're not getting damaged good. We're talking TDE and we're talking Dreamville. You, for Isaiah, 
I would let you have cause. Would you take that trade, or would you rather have loot? I feel like loot. Mind you, I'm putting loot in front of cause. I feel like loot. But I, I feel like has loot. Potential. Like a loot and Isaiah would probably be the same play, where cause would be more like a J Rock. Yeah. Sounding wise, I'm not saying skill as far as rapping and rap lyrics and where they're at status wise. I'm just talking about the sound and like what they kind of do with music. Cause uh, I'm ready for that Isaiah Rashad tape. Like that's that's the only thing that I hate about TV right now. It's like God damn, there's so many tapes I'm ready for that we just don't know when we're gonna get. Cause Kendrick needs to drop. Q Schoolboy Q needs to drop. Absol needs to drop. J Rock needs to drop. Isaiah Rashad, SZA, like. Niggas, I know TD like, yo, what we doing, bro? I'm trading schoolboy Q for Boz. I'm making that trade. If I have to go above the cap space, if I have to go beyond the cap space, I make that trade. But Boz is nice. I ain't going to lie, though. I would, that would be an interesting dynamic. Like, J. Cole and schoolboy Q on a song would be kind of fire. Schoolboy Q and Kaz on a song would be fire. Uh, but Boz and Kendrick on a song, oh. Wait a minute. I might be that like TikTok meme where a nigga had a credit card. <laughs> bro, bro, is that is that a Boz and Kendrick Lamar song? Let me buy it. Let me buy it. Right. Um I'm signing Joiner. By the record label, I'm signing Joiner. You are. Joiner Lucas is killing it. And I love I love like people that like have that Drake mindset where they're like, I just want to make good music, so I don't really give a fuck who I make I make music with. And I feel like Joiner has that mindset. Yeah, I can see it. And I wish Kendrick, I mean, Kendrick is a creator and he's an artist, so I get it. It's art. But I just wish he had that mindset because I would love to see more Kendrick on, like, certain songs and things of that nature. But um, that was a healthy music conversation. Uh, Most I enjoyed all of it in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true because, yeah, you haven't really been in your rap phase. How much did that bass guitar cost you? The bass? About 130. And mind you, it's not even, it's just a regular ass bass. Like, it's not even a Fender or a Telecast. Because I want to I wanna learn how to play an instrument, but I feel like I'm a long ways from getting a keyboard. I don't really want to get a keyboard until I get a place. Right. So I might get a guitar. Basses, out of, out of any instrument, it's kind of. It's kind of the easiest, I guess. And then I would put drums as like second. Rhythm guitar, that's that's kind of a bitch. I'm not gonna lie. I can't believe you have Snapchat dark and I still don't. It's in your settings, bro. Hold on. <laughs> We're really doing this on the podcast, but where are my settings? So go to your settings. Fuck. All right. Um. That's not it. Um, um. Scroll all the way down. I think it should be. I might not have it. You should. Uh, you are doing this on the podcast. We are. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Add my Snapchat. TT. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you Get might as me well, after dark. Might as well make your uh, closing statement then. <laughs> Since you want to throw the lives to the snap. 
Um, just be positive. Like I said, like I reiterate with every single one of our podcasts. Um, even though I have a split ass head right now, I've had an incident where I cut my head two inches open. And, um, yeah, I'm healing from that process right now. And I've been groggy literally all yesterday and today. So send your best regards and your love towards me. I really appreciate that. But, um, yeah, even with half my head missing, I'm still in a positive mood. I still love everybody. I still appreciate everybody. Damn. I need to hit up. But, um, anyway. <laughs> oh, out of pocket. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Just keep it going, man. Keep anything, what, whether it's today, tomorrow, or months from now, weeks from now, just find your happiness in whatever you do. Please. That's all, that's all I'm trying to do, and I need to find my happiness uh, quicker rather than later. Um, trying to go to the gym, trying to be consistent there, trying to... So I'll just be consistent in life, but God, life is so hard and stressful, bro. Like, I, I ain't gonna lie. I was, I definitely was feeling it. I ended up taking a PTO day. Sure. First PTO I ever took it in my life. Uh, felt good to take, but I need more. <laughs> I just least I can do more. But uh, happy to be back with my bro. Episode 50. I want to get to 100. Can we get to 100 by the end of the year? Shit, I think we can. Hopefully I have a place though, because if I have a place, you know what I'm saying, we can set up a camera and we can actually have a studio in this motherfucker, uh, podcast wise. But yeah, love you guys. Till next time, we are out. Oh, yo, rate the shit five stars. Apple Podcast, join the Patreon. We're gonna drop a Patreon episode. I don't know when, but that Patreon episode finna be lit. That one episode where Tyler went wild, we finna have a whole episode of just wildness. Right, definitely. And um, by the way, speaking of dropping, uh, Tyler's cover drops this Friday, so be on the lookout for that. Please follow that new uh vinyl Instagram page that I'm putting up. And please, and I hope that you guys enjoy um what I'm going to be bringing to you as far as content for that goes. I'll be sure to link it and all that stuff when he finally sends it to me. But love you guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye.